The following audio is from Cornerstone Church in Prescott, Arizona. For more information, visit us online at www.prescottcornerstone.com. What I want to talk with you about today is the times in your life when you're worn out, when you're weary, when you're tired or exhausted. We are pretty weary people here. Uh, many from from grieving, from grieving direct loss, and just grieving together as a community. Many of you are weary from serving because you've stepped up uh, so radically in this time, and and others of us are just weary because of life that it does go on, that the bills still show up in the mail, and that our bodies, when they're breaking down or having issues, when a tragedy comes, those issues don't go on. Pause. We're tired, and and when we're tired, you know, at least when I'm tired, I get a little grumpy. And you guys uh, have a spouse like that who gets grumpy when they're tired. I mean, none of you would, but maybe your spouses do. And you know, I I know when I'm getting uh, when I'm just getting weary because I'll I'll be you know I'll get home and just like little things will annoy me that don't normally annoy me, you know, and I. I, I keep it in my head, and usually after about the fifth or sixth thing or person that annoys me, I realize, oh, John, you must be really tired. <laughs> keep your mouth shut right now. <laughs> when we're tired, we, you know, we, we get easily bothered, and we, we get easily discouraged as well. Uh, we're tempted, if we're tired enough, to lose hope, to give up. And the reality is when life gets difficult, and life will get difficult, Jesus told us in this world, you will have trouble. When life gets difficult, whether we realize it or not, we all turn to something or someone to carry us through. We might turn to something as, as um, you know, innocent seeming as food or a movie or, you know, things that, that aren't wrong. Uh, and we might not even realize it, but we're looking to those things to just kind of give us a little boost to pick us up. And, and there's nothing wrong with a lot of these other things that we can turn to if we've turned to God first. But, but this is my question for you today. You know, when life gets difficult, when you need something or someone to carry you, what do you typically turn to? Uh, do you turn to something like like alcohol or or, or some other substances that, that, that are, that, that are wrong if you're looking to them to make you feel better. They're not going to carry you through. They might numb you for a little while, but w- when you come back, you're going to find out things are a whole lot worse because of that. Uh, do you, when things are really tough and you need to be carried through, do you look to other people? Do, do you look to other people thinking that somehow they can carry you? Do you, do you look to achievement? Do you look, a lot of us men, to busyness? When things are bad, you know, I just add on more and more and more and more things to do as if somehow that's going to make me feel better. I, I want to help you today to, to very simply turn to God as the good shepherd, as the only one who can carry you through. Uh, because the sad reality is every other thing that we turn to, whether it's something that's, you know, outright wrong, like lust or alcoholism, or things that, you know, like, you know, shopping or other people or busyness, maybe they're not morally wrong, but we look to them to carry us through. You know what happens? They, they actually become these, like, weights on our back. <laughs> Instead of carrying us, they become 
a burden. And there's only one place in the whole universe, there's only one place we can turn that will actually carry us through the storms of life, and that's to our good shepherd. Jesus put it this way in Matthew 11. He said, come to me, all who weary, all who are weary, all who labor and are heavy laden or under a heavy load. What's Jesus talking about? He knows that the more we try to carry ourselves through the hard times of lives, the harder it gets, the heavier it gets. And Jesus says, come to me when you're weighed down. Come to me when you're weak and when you're weary, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke or my load, he says, upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart. And this is so important. You will find rest for your souls. See, when we're looking to other things to carry us through, when we're trying to get through a storm in life, you know, we can physically rest. We can sleep because our body's exhausted. And emotionally, we can find some, some little bits of rest, but there's only one place in the universe where you can find rest for your soul. Jesus, uh, in Psalm 23 says, I restore your soul. So when your soul, your inner person is weak and weary and overwhelmed and discouraged, there's, there's only one place you can look that will actually give rest to your soul. And my prayer for you this morning is, is just very simply to help you look to God who loves you as your good shepherd and say, God, I, I need rest for my soul today. Would you help me find that in you today? Two weeks ago, we began this study in Isaiah 40. And if you're not there yet, if you want to turn in your Bible to Isaiah chapter 40, you know, I had been praying for weeks and weeks, God, what do you want us to study through the summer in your word. And boy, God in his providence, he knew what was coming and what we'd be going through. And what was really on my heart when we selected Isaiah 40 was this. In our lives, our circumstances can seem really big. And the more we look at them, it's almost like it makes them grow, you know, like a cartoon or something. And, and people and problems and circumstances can just look so big. And when they do, God can seem so small and so distant. And God has given to us passages like Isaiah 40 to gently lift our eyes, lift up our chin so that we see him again and to remind us God is bigger than the circumstances. God is bigger than the people in your life. He's bigger than our feelings. He's bigger than our tragedies. And Isaiah 40 is just this beautiful chapter that combines how awesomely powerful God is. That the nations are like grasshoppers to him. That he holds the oceans in the palm of his hand. That he lifts up princes and rulers and he throws them down. That, that he's this almighty God who created the galaxies and the planets and yet he loves you. And he knows you by name. He knows the hairs on your head and he knows the cares in your heart. And today he says, come to me, you who are weary and burdened. I'll give you rest. Rest that you're not going to find anywhere else in the universe, anywhere else in your world. Did you know that today our God is still on the throne? He's not forgotten you. 
He's not forgotten Prescott. He's still all-powerful. And today he wants not only to rescue you out of trouble, but to comfort you in trouble. You see, Almighty God rescues his people from evil. And that in and of itself would be incredible if he just delivered us from evil, which is, is what he did when he came down and died on the cross for us. But that's not all that he does. He also gathers us like lambs in his arms. Last week, we talked about hope. What kind of hope is there in, in the face of death and of tragedy? And we talked about those miners in Chile who back in 2010, they got trapped three miles underground. There were 33 of them down there. And, and when the folks up on the surface realized that the miners were still alive, they implemented a, a twofold plan. One, we're going to rescue them out of there. And they spared no expense. Two, we're going to sustain them while they're down there. We're going to give them food and water so that they can live. Because it took like 60 or 70 days for, for them to get down there. Well, do you know that in the same way, when God looked down and saw you and me trapped in a world that's broken by sin, a world where there's death and murder and war and rape and famine and all these things that God never created, but they're here because of evil. When he looked down and saw us trapped in the darkness, he so loved the world. He so loved you that he sent his only son. He came down here himself. He drilled down through the dirt to make a way of escape so that whoever believes in him will not perish and die in that darkness, but will have everlasting life. He came to rescue us. And while we're here in the darkness, while we're here to be his presence, he also sustains us. Just the same way that those rescue teams, while they were drilling down those three miles, they, they started with a, a small opening so they could get food and water down. And Jesus says to you today, I'm the bread of life. I'm the living water. You are not going to be able to sustain yourself in the darkness and the brokenness of this world without feeding on the bread of life, without drinking from the living water. So today, call out to your good shepherd and say, God, I thank you that you rescued me for eternity. And because of my faith in Christ, just like we sang, there's going to be that day when there's no weeping and there's no pain. But God, until then, I need you to comfort me. I need you to... Hold me, like you say in your word, like a little lamb in your arms. Look down if you're in Isaiah 40 to verse 29. 28, God says, you know, he has not forgotten you. And while we grow tired and weary, he doesn't. Then verse 29, he gives strength to the weary. Oh, that's one of my favorite sentences in the Bible right there. He gives strength to the weary. He increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. That's what I want to lead you in today. Hope in the Lord. He will renew your strength. He will restore your soul. He will replenish your heart. He, he never promises that there aren't going to be storms in life, but he says, I will carry you close to my heart through those storms. The question for us today is, 
am I letting him carry me? Am I looking to him to carry me? Or am I running on my own like, you know, I don't need God to carry me? Let's look now at our text today, verses 10 and 11. There's a real contrast here of God's might and his heart of compassion. Verse 10, behold, the Lord God comes with might. The day's coming when Jesus will return as a just judge with eyes of fire, with angel armies in the cloud, and he will judge sin and he will destroy death forever. The Lord will come with might. His arm rules for him. His arm, that's a, it's a military term. Behold, his reward is with him, his recompense. In other words, this was written to God's people who were suffering. They were being uh, persecuted by evil people. And God says, don't worry, the day's coming when there will be judgment on those who persecute God's people. But here's our focus today, verse 11. That same all-powerful God will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms, carry them close to his heart, his bosom, and gently lead those that are with young. Quick question, how do you know if you're in the group that God's going to punish or the group that God's going to carry close to his heart? Scripture is really clear about this, and and you can know it with certainty. You don't have to live every day wondering, am I in the group God's going to judge or am I in the group he's going to carry? You can know with certainty. And and here's how. How do you know if these promises that he's going to carry you, how do you know if they're for you? Scripture says all who believe in Jesus and his work on the cross are God's people. That's how you step, you know, if we're trapped three miles under earth in the rubble of sin and God sent down this rescue tube, how do you step into that rescue tube? Romans 10 says, if if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You don't have to earn your way to God. You don't have to buy your way to God. You don't have to do a, a bunch of religious tricks. Jesus says, simply get on your knees before the Lord and be humble enough to say, God, I cannot rescue myself. I know that I'm a sinner and I live in a world that's contaminated with sin. But Jesus, I believe that you are God. You died on the cross for my sin and I'm placing my faith in you. I trust in you. I believe that you rose from the dead and you defeated death. And I want you to be my savior. I want you to be my Lord. The moment that you trust in God that way, His word says you're adopted into his family. And once you're adopted into his family, you know, you can run away like the prodigal son, but you can't get out, okay? If you really come to God and you really mean that, you're you're stuck in his family. And he loves you and his promises in his word, 66 books written over hundreds of years, they apply to you. And these promises today apply to you if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, as John 1, 12 says, to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Okay, let's look at these promises God has for you today. Four promises in this one short verse 11. First, he guides, feeds, and protects you like a shepherd. Uh, which one of these do you need today? Do you need God to guide you today? Do you need him to provide sustenance for you today? 
Do you need him to protect you today? As a good shepherd, he does all three of these. I did a little research on sheep this last week, and as I was doing that and just thinking about sheep in general, I realized I've never seen a flock or herd of wild sheep. You know, I've seen wild deer and javelina and coyotes, even rabbits. I, I saw wild horses once down when I lived in North Scottsdale. There's wild horses down there in the desert north of Scottsdale. I've never seen wild sheep. Do you know why? It's because if there are wild sheep, they get eaten really fast. Sheep are like the McDonald's of the natural world, okay? <laughs> they, they might not be the best food, but they are the, the quickest and the easiest to find, right? And if you're a predator and you're in a rush and there's a sheep, you are set. You might get a migraine later from all the preservatives, but... Sheep can't fight back. They're powerless to fight back. And sheep have a really hard time finding food and water on their own. So sheep pretty much don't exist apart from shepherds. As I was studying this, I found an applied sheep behavioral report from the University of Tennessee. Okay? Here's what Dr. R. Kilgore, uh, the leading sheep ethologist, here's how uh, Kilgore defines sheep. They are, quote, defenseless, wary, tight flocking, visual, they use their eyes, wool-covered, cud-chewing animals. They display a follower-type relationship. It's interesting, if sheep don't have four or five other sheep around them, they, they have a hard time eating comfortably. And he puts this really eloquently. Carnivores kill sheep. Sheep never kill carnivores. <laughs> well, you know, the humbling thing is... Of all the metaphors in scripture, God over and over and over says, you are my sheep. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Real compliment, right? <laughs> I think it was Spurgeon who said, uh, the sheep are, are the most defenseless animal. Uh, even ants have a better chance of surviving on their own than sheep. And, and well, is God insulting us? Well, I don't think so. I think he's just telling us, Apart from me, you can do nothing. If I'm not leading you, if I'm not feeding you, if I'm not protecting you, you're in big trouble. And we can know that up here, but then we can get into a crisis or a difficulty of life, and we kind of know that, and we're still even like praying to God every once in a while, but we've forgotten that he's our good shepherd and that he will guide us and he will feed us and he will protect us. It's incredible that he's a, a gentle shepherd. We're weak, but our shepherd is strong. We're unsure what to do next. Our shepherd knows where we are and he knows where we're going. As sheep, we're powerless to create our own food or our own water, but our good shepherd will lead us to calm waters. He'll lead us to the food that we need, even if he has to take us through valleys and through treacherous, rocky places to get there. He knows where we're going. Our job is just really simple. Just keep your eyes on the, on the shepherd. That's it. He'll take care of all your other needs. 
this, this word tend, when it says he tends us, uh, is the same word that's used in Psalm 23 when it says, the Lord is my shepherd. It's because he's my shepherd that I will not want. I'm not going to need anything that he's not going to provide. He makes me lie down sometimes. He makes us lie down in green pastures. He leads me by still waters. I mean, think about this. Sheep in a desert. How are you going to find water? How are you going to find green plants to chew on? Your shepherd's going to lead you. He restores my soul. Isn't that awesome how that links in with Jesus, the good shepherd who says, come to me, all you who are weary, and I'll give you rest for your souls. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And that is where we have found ourselves these last 14 days. We're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but you know what? You don't have to fear because he's with you. He's not abandoned you. He's not forgotten you. In John 10, Jesus describes himself this way. He says, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. When a predator comes at you, the good shepherd runs at the predator and attacks the predator. And Jesus says, I willingly lay my life down for you at the cross. And he knows you. So which do you need right now? Do you need guidance? Do you need provision? And every day we don't realize it, but we need protection. That's why Jesus taught us to pray daily, God, uh, today I need daily bread. Today I need forgiveness. And today keep me from evil. But because, you know, Satan is always prowling. And we are often weak. But we are always under the protection of our good shepherd. We're often weak. But we're always under the protection of our good shepherd. Next, he gathers you in his arms. This Hebrew word gathers is not like, um, you know, sending out an RSVP, which by the way, these days, like nobody RSVPs. Has anybody else noticed? It's my generation to blame, okay? Send out an RSVP to 50 people and you get like 10 responses who say they're going to come and they don't come. And 10 other people do come. Anyhow. He, this gathering is not like a casual RSVP. It's, a, it's kind of an aggressive idea of pushing the sheep together, like a, like a sheepdog, a herding animal would do. He gathers them. It's a little bit forceful. Do you realize that right now, right, right now, God is aggressively reaching out to you. He's saying, come to me with your weariness. Come to me with your burdens. I, I'm gathering you to myself. Are, are you going to run away or are you going to, I, I want to pull you in close. You know, like a, an athletic coach in high school saying, circle up. You know, like you better circle up fast. He, he, and he's saying this in love. He's saying, get on in here because I want to take care of you. I want to hold you. I want to help you. I want to gather you in my arms. That word arms is the same word that was used in verse 10. A strong, mighty, military arm. He wants to gather you so that he can gently hold you. And he gathers the lambs, the newborns. 
the most vulnerable, when you're at your most vulnerable, when you're the most needy, when you're the most weak, that's when he gathers you. I don't know if you've ever seen with dogs, you know, like when a dog's a puppy, if it has a good temperament, you know, it'll pretty much let anybody hold it, right? But as the dog grows up, and let's say it's like a golden retriever or a lab, and it gets to, you know, 60, 70, 80 pounds, it doesn't like people picking it up anymore, right? But sometimes, every once in a while, you'll see a dog with its master, and it loves its master so much that even though it's like an 80-pound massive dog, it wouldn't let anyone else pick it up, but its master can pick it up, and it's like... You know, and, it, and it's kind of funny looking because the dog's almost as big as the person, you know. But do you guys know what I'm talking? Have you ever seen a dog like that? That dog is still a puppy at heart, right? In Jesus, he put it a lot more eloquently than I can, but he, he kind of said, stay a puppy in your heart. Stay a lamb in your heart. Stay, stay little and stay so confident in me in your heart. You guys remember the story in Matthew 19 where the, the little kids run up to Jesus and the disciples try and shoo them away and he says, uh, Jesus says, let the little children come to me for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Heaven's a place like this. Heaven's a place where everyone jumps up in my lap. They're just so confident in me that I'm going to hold them up, that I'm going to take care of them. And, and man, when I read that, I think, oh, you know, maybe I'm not feeling God's comfort in my life I mean, one, because we're always, we're not always going to feel it, right? It's a faith thing. But two, maybe sometimes I don't sense God's nearness because I'm not a child at heart, not a lamb at heart. I'm trying to strut around like I can handle my own problems. I can get through this thing. I'm strong enough. And he kind of says, you know, be weak enough, be humble enough to let me scoop you up and gather you in my arms like a little lamb. And when you're in his arms, he says in John 10, 29, no one and no thing can pluck you out of his grip. He says in Romans 8, 39, that nothing can separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. He gathers the lambs in his arms. Have you let him gather you up lately? Have you been still enough that he could pick you up and hold you? Next, he carries you close to his heart carries you close to his heart. What does that look like? I wish we had a little lamb up here. Close to his heart, I mean, some of your translations say bosom because it's, it's right there where the arms meet the chest. It's a very warm, safe place. It's, you know, when our one-and-a-half-year-old Zoe, when she wakes up crying in the night, if I go into her room, that's where I hold her, right there. And God says, I want to carry you there. And by the way, this is not a normal way for a shepherd to carry a sheep. This is a lot less efficient way to carry a sheep. But it's a lot more emotional and personal. And God says, that's how I want to carry you. It's not just that I'm going to sustain you and get you through. I will. But, but I want to hold you close to my heart. Something to be carried as a kid, you know? I don't know if you can remember ever being little and 
falling asleep on the couch or in the car and just kind of halfway waking up while you're being carried into your bed and laid down and tucked in. And, and, and God, he, he, he carries you like a lamb. He carries you close to his heart. And he says to you this morning, you can have that kind of confidence in me that I will pick you up and I will comfort you. Simply, simply turn your heart to me. Simply call out to me. When you don't feel loved, he's a God who carries you. When you feel ignored, he's a God who hears you. When you stumble and fall, he's a God who picks you up. And when you don't feel strong enough, he's a God who carries you. Let's skip to number four here. Fourth promise for you today, he gently leads you and helps you care for those dependent on you. It's interesting, verse 11, the final sentence says, he gently leads those who have young. Or some of your translations, those who have young, that word is the Hebrew word for a, a sheep mama, which I think the technical word is an ew. An ew. He gently leads the ewes, which could be a whole other message, right? But he gently leads the, the moms who've got these little babies who are trying to learn how to nurse. He, he's especially aware of them. And, and you know what this tells me? This tells us, you know, you get overwhelmed, you get weary, and you've got other people who depend on you in your home or in your workplace, it might even be your parents who now depend on you if you're in that season of life. And you think, God, I don't have enough strength for myself right now, let alone these people who depend on me. He knows that. He wrote this verse for you. He says, I, I gently lead you. When you've got people who depend on you and you don't think you're strong enough, just look to me. In your weakness, my strength is made perfect. So be aware of your weakness and be humble about your weakness, but don't be defined by your weakness because if you look to the shepherd, his strength will lead you. He will feed you. He will provide for you. He will protect you. And that goes for the people who depend on you as well. As a pastor, I often need this verse from 1 Peter 5, 4. 1 Peter 5, verse 4. When the chief shepherd appears, in other words, when Christ returns... And I have to remind myself, a lot, a lot of times I have to remind myself, John, no matter how much you ever love Cornerstone as a church, there's a higher shepherd who loves her way more. And no matter how much you love the families you're trying to minister to, the children you're trying to raise, the spouse that you're trying to change, right? No matter how much you love all those people, the chief shepherd loves them even more. And the final word of encouragement to you today is you might feel too weak to even take care of yourself. That's okay. Keep looking to the good shepherd. He's going to gently lead you and he's going to take care of the people who depend on you. Would you, would you join me? Let's stand up and let's pray together. And as we pray, I want to, I, I just want us to have a time of coming to the good shepherd. Okay. Uh, Father, right now, Lord, for every, every man and woman in this room, Lord, you see where we are tired. You see where we are weak. 
You see where we are broken down. You see where we are overwhelmed. And God, we come to you as our good shepherd. And Lord, we walk to you in steps of faith. We don't see you, but we believe in you. We don't often hear your verbal voice, but you've spoken to us in your word and you speak to us by your Holy Spirit. And Lord, already this morning, you've encouraged us through worship. You've reminded us that you've still got people all around the world serving you. And Lord, from your word, you've told us today, come to me, all you who are weary, burdened, and I'll give you rest for your souls. So Lord, right now, in our hearts, in our minds, we, we walk to you as our good shepherd. Lord, give us the faith of a child, the heart of a lamb that says, could, could you pick me up? Lord, could you hold us close to your heart? Could you gently guide us? Lord, would you turn our eyes away from our circumstances and our feelings that we just gaze up at you as our good shepherd? Be carried along, knowing that you know where the water is. You know where the food is. You know where the enemies are. As long as we're in your arms, Lord, we are safe. There's going to be storms that come. There's going to be valleys of the shadow of death. But Lord, you can take us anywhere as long as you don't leave us. We cling to you. Our souls cry out to you. Restore our souls. Renew our hearts. Draw us close to you in this time, Lord. Father, across this room, if, if there are other things we've been looking through to carry us, we just want to turn from those as we turn to you. Lord, some in here turning from busyness, some in here turning from alcohol, some in here turning from achievement, image, status, lust, pleasure. These other things that they say they'll carry us, but they just weigh us down. And, and Jesus, we turn from them that we might turn to you. So gather us in your arms now. We pray it in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the audio from Cornerstone Church in Prescott, Arizona. For more information, visit us online at www.prescottcornerstone.com.